Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts are Waza and Dan. Well, welcome, Dan. How you going, buddy? Uh, not bad, mate. Yourself? What a week in footy, eh? Uh, the finals are here. It's going to be good. It's that... one of the best, like you said off air, probably one of the best top eights we've seen in a while. Uh, yeah, I did say that. Um, I've said that a bit on social media. I honestly think it's one of the strongest top eights I have ever seen. Like, I know a few years ago, dogs surprised everyone, but that was a surprise because no one expected that. But you look at Cats from bottom to Richmond to first, Oh yeah, there's a lot of strong teams in this top eight. And it's anyone's uh, cup there, I think, at the moment because strange things happen in finals. It's a different ball game. Um, but let's get on with some other news. Eh? Simo today uh, signed a three-year extension till the end of 2022. So that's a good thing for the Eagles. That's great. And uh, I've never hid my love for Simo as a coach. And... Um, you know, before the season even started, I threw the stat out. He's the most successful coach win losses for the Eagles ever in history. Is he? Yeah, he's no. um, got the best winning ratio oh, out of any yeah. other coach. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Um, and the only thing now they've got to do is get the people around them. Uh, with Mitchell going, hopefully we don't know who's going to come in. I'm hoping it's a person like the calibre of Jared Schofield. But um, I guess we'll see what happens. Peter Simic is another name that could get thrown up. I don't know if there's a bit of bad blood there between him and Jeppy and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if we should go back to Simic, um, especially with his aspirations to be a head coach. I think we're all unanimous. Anyone that knows Schofield's work down at Subiaco, he's the one we want. Links to Port... Strong ties to Subiaco as well. He's a bit reluctant to even leave Subiaco. I think, but he, he's the one we would really want. From what I understand, it's his contracts up at Subiaco this year, and he said it was probably going to be his last. last and year. congratulations to Subiaco, uh, undefeated for the whole year. Unbelievable. Not my team, but I mean, oh, what I a them. solid team they've been for yeah. a long period of time, yeah. haven't they? All right, let's get on to what everyone's talking about everywhere. The All-Australian team, the Virgin Australian, All-Australian team. Uh, let's go through the positions here, and we'll talk about it afterwards, Dan. Yeah, I'll let so you get it off first. <laughs> in the back line, we've got Tom Stewart, um, Geelong, Alex Rance for his fifth uh, appearance, and Rory Led. Uh, half-back line, you've got the Eagles pairing in Shannon Hearn, Jerry McGovern, McGovern and Lockie Whitfield. Um, you got the centre, you got Andrew Gaff, Dustin Martin, still side bottom, half forward, Patrick Dangerfield, Lance Buddy Franklin and Robbie Gray. Uh, the forward line, Gunston, Rewalt and Luke Bruce. The followers, which is Max Gorn and the Ruck, Paddy Cripps, Tom Mitchell. And the interchange, Brady Grundy, Clayton Oliver, Sean Higgins and Shane Edwards. Now, before we get into... Who should have been captain or not? Who was unlucky to miss, mate? Well, let's let jump straight in. I want to talk about Shane Edwards. For me, and I'll use Yo as the example because it's obviously an Eagles podcast. And that's yep. us. But obviously, McRae from Bulldogs, Lockie Neal from Freo, anyone. Ben Brown, throw, Tom Hawkins. Well, I'm, I'm talking about just the Shane Edwards, more the yep. midfield mould. Now, but they're the ones that missed. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> basically, the stats. So for goals, they're even. This is Yo and Edwards. But then inside 50s, uh, Yo has him beaten. Goal assist, it's like Edwards. But this is where things get a bit ridiculous. Tackles, Yo's ahead. But 
significantly ahead. 6.7 per game, yo, is, where Edwards is 2.8. So he's tackling pressure, and we all know how you feel about our lack of tackling. Yep. He's great. His tackles inside 50, yo's beat him again. His rebound 50s, yo's beat him again. His disposals, yo's beat him again, and that's by five disposals on average a game. So, and it, keep, it keeps going from there. Uh, so, obviously, the, the kicks, he kicks a lot more than handballs, where Edwards handballs a lot more than kicks. Contested possessions, 11.9, kills him in that part. Obviously, uncontested because he got more disposals. But this is the big one for me. He's got more intercept possessions, and he's got the better uh, efficiency as well. Marks, 5.2 compared to 2.3. So, obviously, the contested, uncontested, yep. goes in front of both of those. Um, and the meters gain, that's the biggest one. He has 150 more meters gain per game than Edwards does, Joe. Hey, look, you got no, um, you know, well, I can't even think of the word. I, I agree with you. But... Listening to a couple of the selectors on radio and all that today, they said they get a lot more stuff from champion data on each player than we get. We get the on the surface, yep. you know, stats and all that. And like we said, stats can be manipulated. Let's just take Yoey for example. One thing that might have gone against him, he's in the top three for clangers, top three for freeze against. Yeah. And there was one other one that he was in the top three that is in the negative. So they, those things maybe get taken into account. I'm not saying that it does. Just playing devil's advocate there that these are the things that happen. Um, to me, I thought one of the guys that was stiff to miss out was Lloyd from Sydney Swans. I thought he's probably one of the main uh, players that rebound out of the defensive 50 and sets up a lot of Swans uh, game, you know, um, uh, we can sit here all day and say who missed out and who should have got in and that, but it's a hard thing to pick, I guess. On a whole, I like it, but like you said, Shane Wed was a bit surprised about that. I was surprised about Steel Side Bottom, even though he's had a good year. And like I said, I would have probably had Lloyd in front of Stewart. Only, uh, Stewart's you know. a funny one. Uh, Thirty-eight one-on-ones. Guess how many he was beaten in? None. None. Well, that's the reason and why then I got in then. He broke even only on seven. So 31 out of those 38 one on ones, he won. Yep. Then seven, he broke even. Didn't lose a single one. So when I heard that stat, I'm like, well, yeah, you uh, But I do like Lloyd. Um, it's fun. just the Shane Edwards one. You do the like for likes. And as I said, I used you as an example because obviously it beat yeah, Eagles. But McRae had a. Brute for oh, yeah. I feel like it was a Victorian thing where they just wanted to reward the top of the latter team. That's oh, obviously what I well, feel like, Edwards. And there was a couple of Richmond people on the selection committee. Um, let's get on to the question that everyone's been talking about, the captain and the vice captain. Now, last year, Rance was given a captaincy and he wasn't a captain of his club. Um, this year, they've given it to Buddy Franklin. He's not even in the leadership group at Sydney. Was it the right thing? Was he given it because it's his eighth all-Australian jumper, and that's an, a massive achievement. And that's the only reason I reckon he got it. Well, without a doubt, that's the reason he got it. But I look at it as like, to be captain, you, I don't think you need to be a captain of a side to get that honour. Yep. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a ridiculous statement because you could have an All-Australian team and not have the captain there. Yep. Like, it's very like, but I feel like you've got to have that on-field leadership presence. Now, I don't mean... 
a great footballer with your presence on field because you're playing great football. I mean, actually, leadership skills, being part of the leadership group. And he didn't have that. And it was a very funny. When they read him out, they all looked at Hearn, including Lance. Oh, yeah, Franklin. it was amazing. So I found, like, and I think they summed it up straight after. The comment I heard was, well, what about these plays like Pavlich that were in it all the time weren't made the captain because they made it so they've set a bit of a precedence precedence here yeah well where, I mean, like from now on is it just going to say whoever in that team's had the most all the strength they just automatically get captain even if they don't have the leadership skills yeah um let's have a look at this is another way i have a look at the team if we were playing ireland how many of those guys would actually line up against ireland i don't think a lot will i think okay we're a bit too top heavy yeah. and a bit slow if we're playing ireland just on that but that's another way I look at the team, but uh, I guess I don't pick it on that. Let's move on. Enough's been said on a lot of um, podcasts about it. Brownlow predictions. Your top three, mate. Top three. Um, I reckon Oliver. Who's going to win? Oh, I think Mitchell. Mitchell? I think Oliver, Mitchell, and I think Yo might be a bit of a roughie. But again, that's me with my uh, Eagles biased in there a bit. All right. Well, I, I went Mitchell to win from Patrick Cripps. From Dustin Martin. Yeah, like, Dustin to be honest, Martin's I'm a li- little gone bit... gone under the radar. He, he has because he's not performing like last year. But he had a great year. You look at his stats he, he against did. last year, it's pretty good. I just think, yeah, he's being good, but he's getting in on name. Now, if you took... Let's put it this way. Gary Ablett is getting slammed because he's not living up the stands we know of Gary Ablett. Yeah, he said his own You look at his stats, and sorry, people, I know I'm the stats man. I'll probably be confused with the Yo <laughs> and Edwards comparison because I was just reeling off stats. Mm. But statistically, Ablett has actually had a brilliant year. Disposal efficiency, he's kicking goals, and I think he's still up like 29, 30 disposals a game, Ablett. So, but we're yet yeah, we're marking him at this higher level. But I swear, Dustin Martin, people love him because he's a lad's lad, and he's not marked the same way. He's significantly down on his stats from last year. No, I thought they were pretty same when I looked. Oh, really? Because he's only averaging, what, 24, 25 disposals? He, he's number one in clangers, but and number one for oh, freezing Oh, you know me. That's the one thing I hate <laughs> is bad kings. Bad and, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that, we'll, we could go on all day yeah. about this, couldn't we, really? We, we move on. We're going to do just a few little predictions here, so we'll find out in a couple of weeks if we're on the money. The Rising Star prediction, who will it be out of? I think it gets selected tomorrow or today. Uh, Stevenson? Is that is, sorry, I'm having a mental black. The forward from Collingwood? Collingwood, I reckon yeah. he's had a great year. Out of, out of him and Dodo? Uh, well, see, I reckon Dodo, beginning of the year, but I think he's been slightly overtaken. And it's funny because you're comparing a back with a forward. But I, yeah, I, love, just, the, I, I love that it's not just his midfielders. I'm just going on the bulk of games that they've played. they played most of the season. Um, but then you've got to look at it. Um, there's Calibers are like Andrew Brayshaw didn't even get a nomination. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of players in there that got nominated. Uh, Eagles had Jake Waterman and uh, Cole. Tommy Cole. Yep. Um, Tommy Cole's had one of the best years I've ever seen. Uh, for us, um, he'll be our rookie of the year, but I can't see him being picked in the top three. But you never know. Let's move on to the finals just quickly because we won't talk about the games until later on. Each team, who's their trump card player that's going to stand up and win them the game? I I think us. Let's start with Richmond. We'll go for them. Richmond, well, it's always got to be dusty with Richmond. I know I took a shot in being down, but he's their X-Factor player. 
I find Cochin gives a consistent amount every time. You, Rance and Rewalt's Re- Re- I reckon it's got to be Rewalt because if he doesn't stand up, they'll get beaten. But Rewalt, I don't want to say this is negative, but it sounds like he's a downhill skier. He does well when he's getting supply. Like those 10 goals, I was like, well, if someone kicked 10 goals in today's game, yeah. that's a momentum. Then I looked at it when it was against the Suns. He was just by himself. It was so badly defended oh, by Oh, but that's Suns. a different game. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. down. So, so if the, he gets supply and looked up by his team and no one shows him attention, yeah, he will go right, well. Let's go on to the Eagles. Who's a Trump player that can turn the game for the Eagles? I, I, I'm not going to pick out. I reckon it's our small forwards. I reckon oh, Cripps, Ryan Rioli. I think that just makes us such a more dangerous and dynamic Well, I'm picking line. one and it's Kennedy. Kennedy. Because yeah. if Kennedy's in the game, we're a, t- we're a better team. Oh, yeah. That, he that's definitely key. right. But I don't think... He's more a chain reaction thing. Yeah, but Darling won't get as much problems, so Darling could fire up because well, of that. he could. But we got to pick that one player that's going to change it. Who got third? It was Collingwood. Oh. To me, it's side bottom. It's their Trump. Yep, I agree. If uh, he doesn't fire, they could be in a bit of trouble. I think Degoy. Degoy, all right. Um, Hawthorne. Isaac Smith. I'm going Bruce. Uh, Melbourne. I reckon Angus Brayshaw. Just he's got yeah. great kicking ability. I was ability. Gonna say Brayshaw, um, who is uh, for that Sydney. Oh, Sydney, you got to can't go. Franklin, it's got to be Franklin. GWS. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'll go Kelly. Josh Kelly. If they could get Toby Green on the park, he'd be the trump card. But I can't see him being there. I think it's Cameron. Yep. Cameron's got to stand go. up. He has to stand up for them to have any hope. Um, and last but not least, Geelong. I reckon Gary Abbott, I reckon he's still offering so much. As I said, we just measure him too highly, I think, by his own standards. Yeah, well, I'm going to go Dangerfield because I reckon if you can take Dangerfield out the game, you're a good chance of winning the, the winning the game, and that's probably going to be the game of the round. Let's just go to um, a few things, individual awards um, that were, were not the more awards, but they ended up on top. Gov ended up with the most <laughs> intercept marks, 78 for the year. Yep. And that's his third in a row, yep. third, third year in a row. And he got the most contested marks, 59 at 2.8 a game. Bunger, that's, that's the record, though, AFL record. No yep. one's ever took that many intercept marks. Um, Bunger, most marks in the season, 174 at 7.9 a game. Yep. So that shows you why he got in the uh, All-Australian team. And Cripper, the most tackles inside 50 at 43 at 2 a game. It's not bad at all, is it? And his last month was exceptional. So, anyway... We'll talk a bit more footy later on and the finals and that. Uh, we've got some uh, questions from people from our uh, Facebook pages, uh, the Next Generation discuss, Discussion Group page, get it out, was it? And our uh, Next Generation podcast page. Uh, Roger Bryant, one of the uh, mainstays and legends of the page, he said, is Oscar Allen the new JK? And this was asked with Matt Pivick as well. Basically the same question. Yeah, slightly worded different. Um, all right, bear with me. I'm going to say no because JK is all right. Predominantly, our, yeah, four forward. forward. That yeah, you, I think you're seeing where I'm coming from. Yeah, where Simo's, Alan is a lot more versatile. Simo's already said, and he said it after the uh, Brisbane game that yeah. Oscar Allen going forward is going to be a swingman. Yeah, and if you've seen his game against Brisbane or you saw the couple of games the weeks before at the Royals, 
Yeah, he's playing forward and back. And he's the reason, people, that he was picked with the second pick instead of Tim Kelly because he's got a higher ceiling to go to. He's going to be the future of the Eagles. He's going to but be. But he's not going to be the next JK. Um, but... And Who is the next JK? Well, that's it. Getting more on Maddie's side of things, Maddie Pivik. Um, I've got no worries about that. They've got a while, while to obviously come because, you know, everyone knows tools. They take a bit longer than these midfields to have the, their impact hit their prime. But we've got young Waterman, got Brander, and we've got Allen. So we've got three young tools that we could develop quite well. So I think what we did last draft, picking Brander and Matt, um, sorry, Oscar Allen, was just such a brilliant idea and it just shows we've got an eye on the future and then Waterman who we've seen a lot of this year our tall stocks of the future is looking great and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right but Renu Rima Paffarena is Liam Ryan the new jumping how? And, well, I think he jumps more than uh, how, doesn't he? Oh, <laughs> definitely. I just think how lands a lot more marks. You, you see generation players that that's their highlight Ryan's the new player that jumps and leaps yeah. at everything how before then uh, Robertson I hope you got his name from Melbourne you know we all knew he used to love and yeah. Adam Uze a bit too from Melbourne too Adam they used to, that's they used to, yeah that's it you've got these players that love to take a leap they love the good pack yeah. mark um, and Ryan's definitely that like yeah. it's one of his strengths really alright guys um, before I forget um, next Saturday before the game we've got nothing to do Myself and Gaffy from the Go Footy uh, podcast, we are both commentating a charity game, which is at the Fremantle Rec Link Community Cup at Frio Able from 12 o'clock. The gate's open. The game's on at 2 p.m. The tickets are 6 bucks 15 at OzTix, which is on Heatseeker. So there's a lot of bands playing after the game. They kill Devil Hills, the Tommy Hawks, Flossie. The Wilds, Jack Davies, and DJ Mayor, Brad Pettit. So if you want to hear um, me and Gaffy attempt at calling a game, it's going to be interesting because we've never done it before, but we're going to give it a good red-hot go. That's it, and um, I'm sure it'll be a bit enjoyable for you, a bit of a learning experience, I dare say. I'm nervous as bloody hell, I'll tell you that. I don't blame you. I don't think I could comment the game. I get tongue-tied on the podcast, mate. I do a bit of practice. Say, Gaffy's doing a podcast or not with Ollie, so hopefully he's in the same boat as me. Uh, On our uh, Facebook pages, we do a What's of You. We did three. So one of them was both Tim and uh, Jack Martin are rumoured to be wanting to head home. Both would add something special to the Eagles lineup, but you can only take one. Which one would you take? And it was overwhelming. Everyone still wants Tim Kelly, even though Jack Martin, say Tim Kelly was 89%, Jack Martin's 11%. Jack Martin is no slouch. Well, that's it. Uh, Midfield. I'm with Kelly as well, and I have a soft spot for Kelly. Um, We all do. the, 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 The problem with these things is. Are we getting the right scope of these Suns players because they're not playing in a good team? Does that is that because of coaching? Is that because the players around them? Um, well, Jack Martin was taken as a priority seventeen-year-old, like Hogan was. Yep. So he was drafted the year before he was supposed to, and that shows you the talent of him. And everyone, either one of them is going to re- take a a higher draft pick to get. Because they're both contracted. Um, I heard a rumour those sons are having to overpay their players so much to keep them there well, that they've they actually gotta. got a salary cap squeeze. Yeah. And even though they don't have the calibre of, say, GWS, who's facing that now, right. they they effectively are. They have such a salary cap squeeze. So if, in, in, if Gaff leaves, that's going to open up so many doors. We've... 
JK and Nick Nat going to be after next year on a lot lot less money, let's be honest. Um, and it sounds horrible, but if they're there, like JK, yeah. you know, hopefully they are there. Don't get me wrong. We could end up with two of them. Yeah, we, well, we, we could, really could. Well, we don't know. This is all hindsight speaking. I'm just going to digress here. In the media, a lot of people are saying that we're only going to get about pick 20 for Andrew Gaff. That's been sort of put to bed a bit. And it goes mainly on the salary that he's going to be offered how high the pick will go. So it's going to be higher than that, people. So don't go start going, oh, we're getting ripped off. It's going to be higher. Um, Mitch McGovern has requested a trade out of Adelaide Crows due to the Eagles having an abundance of tour stocks, be it young players on the list. Do you add Mitch to our list for, uh, say, a trade like Party Boy or Carps? So 72% said yes, I was surprised at that, and 28% said no. I was very surprised. Oh, Especially with what we've got on our list. I've got a bit of silence there because... I don't want to have a going, but I don't see the fascination with Mitch McGovern. I honestly don't. He's third or fourth best forward at um, mate, the Crows. People will slam McGovern, uh, McGovern. Sorry, people slam Darling because he's only kicking forty goals a season. Yeah. And then you want this player that's third. He's behind Josh Jenkins. He's behind Tex Walker. He's behind well, a lot of players. I, I, said, I was one of the twenty-eight percent that said no. I don't think we need him on the list. But I put it out there just to see what people think. Yeah. And it comes to this point of year where a lot of people just sit there oh yeah let's get him yeah. we don't we don't need him um, I heard Watts thrown up last year so you're yeah. on the main there but again we just talked about Waterman we just talked about Brandon we just talked yeah. about Allen hey, struggling if, for tools if they could get him for uh, party boy and cups and a late pick I'd go for it but that ain't gonna happen yeah I think it'll be worth a first e- rounder e- Eagles opted not to take even these two emerging ruckmen in previous drafts with the rumours of Lysett maybe on the move Eagles will be looking to fill their ruck stocks. Who would you go after, Tim English or Darcy Cameron? Well, Darcy Cameron, funny enough, statistically, if you look at him, he's having a great year. But I've personally seen a lot more of Tim English, and I'm a big fan. I like both of them. Knowing he was a WA boy, I was like, I hope we can get this kid home eventually. I like both of them, but to get Tim English, we haven't got what... To get someone like that, we have to give something up. He was a first-round draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So, uh, it was it was a lateish one. Yeah, it was like eighteen or nineteen. They're going to demand something like Darcy Cameron was taken later in the pick. It's easier to get a Darcy Cameron who's probably got just as much upside as Tim English. This is just my opinion. Yep. Um, I like both of them, and like if you could get either one, I'd be happy. But people, when you having a look at players out there, we have got to look what you got to give up to get. And what's easier to get, and to me, the easier one to get out of that is Darcy Cameron, especially when Naismith has just re-signed a three-year deal with Sydney. Yeah, but the thing is, if the media's to believe, let's let's call it what it is, it's looking more and more likely Lysa and Gaffer out the door. Let's not rely on compensation picks. I don't think compensation picks are going to help the team. It opens the door to get these players. It it opens the door to get a Tim Kelly and a Tim English. It really does. Um, So it's hard to make these judgment calls on these players and what we would do until we know, because we all get strung along, what players already on our list are going to do. And I think you brought it up in a couple of podcasts not long ago um, this time of the year all these players names come up and everyone jumps on social media and goes oh let's get him let's get him let's get him let's get this you can't get them all you gotta pick what you need and they was drafted the way they did last year for a reason now um, who knows which way they're gonna go this year because we're not in the inner sanctum so we don't know they could be looking at 
pushing out all their picks to get players. But let's wait till he gets closer to the draft and when everyone's delisted. Eagles have to delist at least three players. So one of them's going to be a retirement, I reckon, but we'll come to that later on. All right, let's get on to the game that we just played. It's the final siren. All right, it was round 23. We ventured up to the Gabba and we won. Uh, Eagles uh, 14-14-98 to Brisbane 11 goals 6-72. And I think we took the foot off the pedal a bit there in the last quarter. Uh, we could have won by more. Um, it was one in the second quarter. It was our second quarters. We've owned the second quarters all year. Yeah, we That's do. That's been well, our year. Um, uh, it, uh, it was a little bit to be expected, you know, take foot off, you know, because we got the job done. But looking at the actual scores, it was uh, four goals straight to Lions in the last quarter compared to two two Eagles. Yeah. So realistically, if we converted like they had, I I I just sorry, I've only just seen that score yeah. now. So I'm like, it's probably not as bad and damning as you actually originally think. When you look at the goal scorers, Darling got four, Cripps three, Rioli, Ryan and Venables all got two each and Ven uh Hutchie one. And for Brisbane, Bailey Beans got two and the rest were singles to Barry, Hipwood, Matheson, McCurney uh, McStay, Robinson and Taylor McStay missed a couple of easy ones the best for Brisbane were Christensen the ex-Geelong boy, Cutler Bailey, Beans and Berry and the Eagles well they had Cripps, Darling, Redden, Shuey Sheed Ryan and Hutchings in the TNG votes we had Cripps as our best on ground and I thought he was uh, Shuey second and Liam Ryan third what an amazing mum for footy and I swear we've been saying that every week about Cripps, God hasn't he really just come to life in the last it's almost longer than that like see, ever since the injury started to happen he yep. really stood up and filled that darling void the JK void and even one or two games with Lacrae out you know well, a few players really are come coming of out in the media saying how hard he is to play on uh, before we actually go on the game I just want to touch on the tipping the TNG go tipping Shell 88 back on top we're going into the finals Dodsey second Mousey third Nick Nat Hearn is uh, third no, fourth, and Raj is fifth. And congratulations to Shell88, who won the West Coast Eagles for life, footy tipping. Pipped me in the last round and won. Oh, good on her. So she pipped me. That's, uh, that's one's finished. So they go on, we're going to the finals of the TNG Go one, which is with the Go Footy Boys. Let's get to the talking points of the game. Um, well, like we said, Eagles had some good contributors, uh, nailing down our potential path to a grand final history. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, like we said, Darling finished with four goals. Two were in the goal square. Uh, but he had seven marks from 15 disposals. Uh, Sheed, 30 disposals, free clearance. That's good. He's, he's backed up from last week. Doing very good. Once he's been thrust in the middle and Gaff's absent, yep. he's getting the balls. What well, you can ask, really. Redden's going to finish high up in our Ferris and Best. Um, he had another great game, 27 uh, possessions. He had eight clearances, and Shuey twenty nine disposals with ten clearances. Yeah, so uh, that's twenty. Just between those three, it's twenty one of forty two clearances. Did he? Did he have? A, I'm just trying to think. It might not have been last week, but Shuey had the. It was last week or the week before. He had eleven clearances himself. Shuey. Yeah, and he's it's standing just, up. It's unbelievable in that in that center clearances in that middle. He's just he's standing up when we need it because he had the injury at the start of the year. So it's yeah. good. Uh, like we said, we've already touched on Cripps. He was. It's probably one. He's had a great month for football. I know we've spoken about him the last couple of weeks, but if he can keep bringing that up, I, I, it just gives me a positive vibe about the September action. And uh, I'll tell you, people are talking about Venables. You know, I've been critical of Venables a lot, and a lot of people were saying for him to be dropped the last week. 
Oh, I'm in that category. And he stood up. Um, he stood up and he played a good game. He played a very good game. Um, I just wish he... Uh, He's one that tailed off at the end a bit uh, because I smelt a NAB Rising Star nom for him this week. I really <laughs> did. Because he, he kicked the first two goals in the first half, you know, and yeah. had it mostly just probably in the first half. But I just feel like someone that's not really mentioned, and he actually, in our very illustrious TNG voting, I actually had him, I think it was with one point, and it was darling. A couple of his goals were over the top, but you got to look at it. To get an over-top goal, you've got to work for, then run, run back. back. You've, yeah. you've got to yeah. get rid of your man. It's good pace. But he was very inaccurate. I guess he could have had seven goals. So his output for that game, I thought, was brilliant. Four goals can't be shirked from any any player. But then to almost have seven, and he just... Dude, I think he had 15 disposals as well. So I think he's a bit of a roughy getting back to early conversation for the finals, you know? Like, yeah. really happy with his game. Let's talk about Brisbane. they um been competitive all year, but that was the biggest loss at home, 26 points. So that was a surprise to me. You know, 26 points to me ain't much. So they're probably better than what their ladder position says. Five wins... They only had five wins a year before, and they're a team to look out for because that, that hip, hip good, if he gets a bit more confidence, he's going to be a lot of trouble for some backmen. Uh, for the passionate footy supporters out there that are tuned into a very fine episode of The Nest to start the season, that is one team I had, and this is kind of a predictor, just baby steps for <laughs> Brisbane. That's yep. all they've got to say. And it's looking positive, and that's exactly how season's played. They beat Hawks twice this year, who ended up top four. So they can't. they haven't just like... You know, gone head to head with top four teams, they've beaten them, and they ran Collingwood close to the line twice this year as well. And I don't know if you noticed, but Luke Hodge, he did a lot of directions out on that ground, and I was watching him just to see what he would be like, and he was pointing here and there. People can't see what I'm doing in the studio here, but he was instrumental, and he's <laughs> only a benefit to that uh, team. Now, if Brisbane can keep Dane Beans up there, they'll go forward next year. If not, they could slip back. Yeah, they've... Because um, that'd be a blow to... They've come out and said they're not trading. Yeah, he's well... Got two years left, and he's come out and said he doesn't want no, to... No, he hasn't back. said anything yet. No, today. 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 Did he say he, uh, he's not going? He says he's coming back to Melbourne after his contract's finished. Well, that's better because so that came out today. He's had three weeks to say that, and he yeah. should have come out and put that to bed a lot earlier. And that's the same with a lot of our players, especially when their season's over. Put it to bed early. Um, and this is, uh, I know Gaffy's never going to listen to this, but he might have a friend out there listen to it. Gaffy, if you're going to sign a legal, sign this week so it gives us a boost because if you don't, you're gone. Did you hear the news? Uh, Keeping on with uh, Brisbane, they really aggressively targeting Lockie Neal. Yeah, I heard that. And I saw that. apparently the managers are coming out saying they're open to the idea. So, oh, that'd be a good just because that'd be a blow to and a bit more, you know, <laughs> finery to their team. Oh, let's get to the waffle. <clears throat> the revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. Oh, at East Perth, and the Eagles alignment uh, lives on for at least one more game. They were both into the finals. Uh, the Royals, 16-18, defeated Peel last year's grand finalists. Four goals, six thirty, at 84-point dropping at Peel's home ground. And that was the second time they played there in four weeks. Yeah, it was a bit of a fixture in anomaly. Uh, yeah, the, the, all the fixtures are AFL and Waffle. Uh, let's quickly go through some of the, the stats that matter to the Royals for the people that are trying to impress to get in though that at revolving door of Eagles uh, Ainsworth another good 33 disposals 10 marks Partington you know I can't see him being at the Eagles next year I think he'll be in South Australia 3 goals 29 disposals 
Brayshaw, 29 disposals. Archie, he's gone back. Two goals, 24 disposals. Very good game. Is that where he's going to spend the rest of his career? Who knows? Um, Matty Allen, to me, he's probably putting it on the board because he'd be one of the guys that'd be looked under the chopping block, in my opinion. One goal, 24 disposals. Only say that because he's been on the list a while and hasn't broken through too much. Carpenter, 19 disposals. Somehow I can't see him being there next year. He just doesn't do enough for me. Watson, he's averaging around 17, 18, 19 disposals a game. Waterman, two goals, 14 disposals. Probably unlucky, but Oscar got his chance against Brisbane. Brander, 17 disposals. Mutima, or Mutima, how do you pronounce it? 15. Ropham, 14. Petricelli's probably dropped off this end of the year. I don't know. It could be injury. I don't know. 11 disposals. He's not impacting as much as what I'd like to see. Uh, McGuinness, yeah, 21 hitouts. Um, and then in the reserves, we had two players. Um, and East Perth smashed Peel there by 121 points. England, he's doing all right. Two goals, 27 disposals. And Bayok didn't play too much from what I heard. Nine disposals. Yeah. So. All right. So um, getting on to Petroselli, I find it funny because what I hear is the Vic boys don't have as much experience against the big mature bodies as our WA boys. Yeah, because they've that's been love predominantly TAC cuts. That's it. They play against children. Yeah. Where you look at... <laughs> children. They, they do. <laughs> that sounds very degrading. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean that in the boys. complete literal yeah. sense almost, you know. Where Oscar Allen, he was playing for West Perth yeah. last year. So... When they tally off, because Brand has done the same. Let's call it what he's the first half of the season he was fit. You know, he had but he wasn't used to this grilling, hard, contested, real season in like the seconds, you so know. So you say that, but then Brayshaw turns out with twenty nine positions. Yeah, but Brayshaw's a bit of a mature age. He's done it for a couple of years. So he was playing mature All footy, right. wasn't he? Because what, what is he, 19, 20? 20, I think, or 19. Because he is a year on his brother. Like, he's a year or two on his brother. So, so he might have had more exposure to, like like you're saying. And he was injured early in the year, so I don't know if, like, that yeah. helps because you're not playing the full season. Um, um, usually in this segment we talk about who's going to come in, but because we're going to be playing next week, we probably won't go into it because... Really, the only person that's really going to come into that side is Josh Kennedy yep. and Lewis Jetta. So we really need to cut people. So you need to people. cut people. Yeah. And unfortunately, Schofield's going to make way for Jetta because yep. I can't see anyone else making way for him. Um, that's unlucky because Schofield did play pretty good in Brisbane and it, he's mature and he, he does what is needed. He it, plays that role. It's funny because I was just talking to my family about this and they're talking about um, Barras and how great he is at like reading the play almost like Gov, but then on one-on-ones he's not. And uh, Wayne Hardman has mentioned it before, yep. and he's 100% right. What he needs to work on is his one-on-one contest still a little bit, yep. but that'll come, right? Um, and you look at Schofield, he is really our only negative fullback on our list, yeah, basically, because well, he, he makes injured it. all the time. Yeah, yeah he's he there is. to be that negative fullback. That, that's exactly uh, he, he, He's the only traditional one we really have left. But yeah. let's just look at these numbers. Like We've got some really good numbers in there. We've got good numbers, um, but none of them are going to push to get Oh, no, no, definitely right. not. They won't and, do that. And if JK comes in, unfortunately, Oscar Allen's going to make way. Yeah, and uh, Jetta in the back line, you've got to cut someone else. Yeah. So we're not going to bring him. I'm just mean, I'm looking at this now at like our performers because I agree with you 100%. And I just... Partington kills me. Like, he's gone. Like, why would yeah. he stay? Um, and for me, he's the perfect wingman. He's 
the ideal wingman. You know what I mean? Like Gaff's role before he was made a bit more on the inside. Because um, he can kick goals in the mid, you know, give him space, you know. Uh, he's just perfect. He's a ball accumulator. And, yeah, it's just sad that he's not going to be on our list. And he's, well, what it is. He's, not getting the, he's not getting the game, so yeah. I think it'd be insane to stay. Yeah. All right, let's go on to uh, the next segment. It's bounce down. Usually in bounce down, we talk about the game that we're going to be playing, but because we're having a buy this week, uh, the infamous, I call it the Ross Lyon buy. Because <laughs> that's the reason yeah, why we're doing I it. I got the joke, oh, I hate this buy, but yeah. Um, I'd rather be playing finals right now, but we'll talk about the finals in general. Um, Joe, one of our admins on TNG, brought to our attention that 13 of our best 22 played in the 2015 Grand Final. And we played in the finals every year since, but. These coasts have given us no chance. We tick all the boxes. We get one home final at least. If we win, we get two. If we, I mean, no, we, we get one home final. Now, if we win it, we get two. If we lose, we get two. No, yeah. if we lose, yeah, we get two. Was it? Do we? We're guaranteed two. I thought we, we don't we get lost, the buy in between. I thought if we lost, yeah. we go to Melbourne to play. No, if we lose, we go next week. And, and then we, we travel the in the prelim. And then we get yeah, the prelim before okay. the grand final. All right. I didn't know that was a reason. Um, oh, well, didn't know that. Um, you, you still want to win that first one. You don't oh, want yeah. to play the second one after a loss. Yeah. And under the pub. You know, we should be considered the Tigers' biggest threat, but we're not. You know, um, it's a, it's amazing. There's, I fear, there's actually 14 because I didn't include Jetta, and he played for Swans. So yeah. he's got grand final play, experience yeah. as well. Um, I, I, like um, Joe said, everyone's underestimating the experience of our core group, and we've got a blend of old, experienced players with some new, vibrant, energetic young players. And if they don't want to raid us, I don't care because it's something I'd be putting up the locker board. No one rates us. We've got to go out and improve them. I prefer to be under, but exactly right. We finished second on the ladder. We have such a talented list. We've got a dual. Common medalist coming back into the side, yep. but yet we are considered so underrated. Um, well, we beat the Pies at MCG. We beat Hawthorne away. We beat in Richmond. That's what we beat in GWS twice. Uh, the only teams we didn't beat were Melbourne and Sydney in the top eight. Yeah. But the thing is, why would people not look at it? And I know it was a game here that the biggest threat to Richmond is the only team in the eight that beat them. Part GWS has got injuries, and we beat them by forty-seven points. Yeah, and yet we're not a threat. Because we played them over here, yeah. and they still don't rate us. They say you've got to win at the G. We've won two. You only can win the ones that you play there. I said we can't win away. We've won seven of eight. Aren't we the best performed away we team? Are, yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, keep knocking us down because it, I just love it. We're just going to use it up. Um, look, we've won in every state as well, uh, except for Tassie. Oh, we didn't actually, did we? Everyone forgets about Tassie was. Everyone forget, forgets about Tasmania. Keep forgetting about Tasmania. It's a tiny part of little Australia. island hidden down the bottom there. <laughs> I, in my uh, defence, I was away in Bali, so. <laughs> I, I like to pretend Tassie game didn't count either. Don't worry. Like. All right, let's have a look at the finals. We got the Tigers versus the Hawks. We're going to pick a winner in each of these ones, mate. Who do you reckon is going to win? Uh, Tigers. They're good at MCG. I, I want Hawks win, but Tigers will win. I'd love to see the Hawks win. I can't see the Tigers uh, losing. Uh, Demons versus Cats. That's going to be the hard one. That's a, 
that's a 50-50 game. I reckon Cats. They got finals experience and they've beat them twice this year. But the Cats have won 15 of the last 16 games against Melbourne. Oh, that's a pretty good stat. That's an amazing stat. And they won two of them this year after the siren. Yeah, they were very close games. That last one was beautifully done. Um, It's, look, something tells me that Cats should win it, but I'm going to go Melbourne here for some reason. Uh, uh, And, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Cats just go out there and play one of the best games of the year. Uh, Swans versus Giants. Uh, Giants, they've got too many injuries, so I've got to go Swans. Apparently, Franklin will be back. You know, it was only a week. Yeah, now, so. and um, Parker will be back as well. Yeah, well, there you go. And um, they really should have beaten the whole final four. It was only in the last few minutes that they lost that game. Yep. And, um, yeah, I, I can't see Giants getting up there. And the Eagles versus the Pies. We'll do a, a better review of this next week, who's in, who's out, um, where it can be won and all that. But just for a tip now, man. We're definitely going to say the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Home ground advantage. It's the game you wanted. If you said, all right, which, what's the scheduling you want? What team do you want to play? Yeah. You, you'd pick Collingwood. Josh Kennedy or no Josh Kennedy, I think Eagles can win. Yeah. And they, they're they talking about it's going to, in a Victorian media saying, oh, well, it's going to be better for Collingwood because they get players like um, some of the injured players back. So be, so be it. They've still got to win interstate and... It'd be it's amazing. All right, talking about that game. Going in to say it twice in a row. Do you know what I heard? Do you know why we didn't get the Thursday night game? I've heard. So the AFL didn't want to say this, but it got. I think it was an email got leaked, and it kind of got hushed up real quickly. Trelaw can play in the VFL, or something like that. So he'll be back. So they want. They didn't want him to give him a Thursday night game because he had no chance of playing. Yeah, I can't see that being the side. So they said because it was done like a week ago, and that's apparently what they said is because. If it's a Saturday game, then these players are more likely yeah, to return. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I can't see that being the sole reason, but, um, it, you know, it comes down to the, um, I guess, the attendances, and I'll probably talk a bit about that in my bake coming up. Um, oh, because... Sorry, I didn't realise I was touching on your bake there. <laughs> but that's all right. Let's, hey, well, why not? Let's get to it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Under the pup. All right, Dan. Um, mine's going to be short and sweet. It's about the ticketing fiasco. Not so much with Ticketmaster, probably Ticketek in Victoria. And then I'm going to have a go. I'm going to go off on a tangent. So with the Ticketek, why would you put two games in Victoria on sale at the same time? Is that stupidity or what? Especially when they've just signed a new uh, contract with AFL. You think somebody there would have some brains to stagger it because the computer crashed within an hour of the tickets going on sale. To me, that is just unprofessional. And the AFL, I know they're a bit peeved off at it. No, they should be... I'd, I'd be getting rid of it. Or finding different avenues of selling tickets for different games. Ticketmaster over here. I'm going to just have it a bit of a... I can't whinge about it too much, but it's a computer-generated system. Note holders from the Eagles weren't told that they don't get preferential treatment anymore. Usually, last year, they got an hour before everyone to get their tickets. No, nothing in the email. Just bang, you're in the same. So these guys pay big bucks for the note holder tickets that kept the Eagles afloat. They should probably get a bit of a bit of a leg up. Some players, I mean, some fans ended up with up in the bleachers. They play big bucks. I just think that the club could have done a lot better in notifying them. 
um, why can't the Eagles or the AFL strike a deal with these ticket places and say, we've got members. Now, if you get in the finals, you got first option of your seat. Well, it's funny. So I just... You pay me, a little bit extra. It's not. You pay a little bit extra, and then you got the option. And then if you take that option on, you pay the difference. Say, like, it's Category 1. If it's $20, you pay extra in your membership. You pay the extra $71 to the Ticketmaster. But this is where it comes down to. I can't find any, and one of the friends on our um, social media pages, Teresa, said... Who makes the money out of this? Do the clubs get anything? Is it the AFL? What's the breakdown? I can't find anywhere where the breakdown is because the prices are all the same at all the grounds. And it's just, there's got to be a better way of selling tickets because in America, you can, there's much more people in there going to bigger events and they have no problem selling tickets and getting tickets. And some of them have that pre-package. If you're a membership, you get your seat added into your membership at an extra cost. Yeah, as I said, I just I don't understand why. If you're a member and you want finals tickets, why it's not your seat? You've sat there all year. And some some people have come up and said, "Well, I have a shit seat during the year. I want a better seat during the finals." That's cool. But I went on at nine fifteen and I got the block. I didn't. I'm not happy with it, but I'm happy I'm gone. Yep. But then a, a person goes on two hours later and sits and gets a block where I sit, which is centre of the ground. I just don't understand how that's fair. Because it's this computer just dishing out this block, this block, and this block, and it, it, no one's—it's not going to make everyone happy. But it's got to be a better way of doing it. And I don't know what it is, but something's got to be done about going forward. And about the ticketing, look at Melbourne—they found out that Richmond and Hawthorne are playing Thursday nights. I don't know if you've been listening to any podcasts or radio stations, but did they whinge like? anything that oh. they'll get in a Thursday night. Well, guess what, guys? All the interstate clubs get them all through the year. We have children to go to school as well, so we've got to take them to school the next morning. They want to go to football. We've got country fans that find it hard getting there. And we have a public transport system that's not as good as probably Melbourne's, but we've got to get to the football somehow. Um, it's not just you guys over there in Little Victoria that are hard done by. At the end of the day, if you want to go to the ground, you will get there. And you're still going to get 85000 to that game. That's the thing. The excuses they were coming out with is just like, we're ridiculous. Pretty summed them up, like country footballers, uh, fans, sorry. Well, we have country fans here. Yeah. You know, the kids won't be able to go because of school next day. Do we not have school here? You know, the excuse I'm coming up with was very worries me. Um, but from all that, and it's a bit off topic, but I think already we really need to look at building the 80,000-seat seat stadium already. But why wasn't it? Uh, well, no, they built it this to see how it went, and it was designed to be able to go up to 80,000 quite easily um, without shutting the whole oval down, kind of what they did with Simmons Stadium without closing the whole oval down. But I reckon they've really got to look at it because it's not just the AFL where we're getting massive crowds, especially for derbies and this final stand up quick. You know, the I don't think it was Chelsea, but some England footy team came here that sold out. But then, like, concerts come here as well. You know, it's not just a pure footy thing. 80,000, I reckon we could get 70,000 there each week. Yeah, and that would be even better. All right, guys, uh, we'll probably come to you next week with a better detailed, um, in depth, uh, what do you call it? 
dissection of the game. <laughs> Trying oh. to find the words. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the finals are here. We'll come to you next Wednesday, hopefully. Dan might be here, might not be, because the bubs is on the way. So yep. we'll see who's in his chair. If not... Do I not get a bake, was I? Uh, do you want a bake? You I, make I, it actually, quick? I actually don't have one because Eagles <laughs> finished top two, three in the All-Australian, home finals. I'm feeling pretty good over here right now being an Eagles water. I thought I'd catch Wazza off a bit there. All right. Um, <laughs> if you're near next Saturday again, uh, the Fremantle Recklink Community Cup. Me and Gaffy are commentating it, so if you want to have a bit of a laugh, maybe you have a tune in. Uh, but until then, uh, let's hope that the Eagles record their first finals win next week. That'll be beautiful. But then follow the weekend. Anyway, uh, this is TNG podcast signing off, um, and hopefully Dan's probably got a little baby on the way next week. A new little Eagles supporter. All right, thank you, easy guys.